Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Edmonton, it's Brendan Escott here with you the rest of the week, actually. A uh, big shout out to Cam Moon, who took care of things last week so I could sneak off to Europe for the first time ever. An incredible experience, although it was about 34 degrees there the whole time, so uh, a little toasty. I know you got that here too in Edmonton, so I won't preach to the choir. <laughs> Uh, if you want to keep in touch, you can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement, bet on it. That number again is the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. The show brought to you by Digitex, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software as well. We're going to hear from our NHL insider, John Shannon, a little bit later on. Would love to get some of his thoughts on Vin Scully. Do, do you have any thoughts or, or, or memories of Vin Scully? I know probably a much more significant figure in American sporting lore, but still, the, the 94-year-old transcending sports is an appreciator of broadcast I think that you may have uh, a feeling or two about what Vince Scully meant so don't hesitate 780-496-0063 though the bulk of that conversation right now is has shifted right over to whether Darnell Nurse is going to live up to this big old contract of his that kicks in this year just 9.25 million dollars he'll be 27 years old when it starts I don't know I mean I just, I look around the league and, and we start talking about some of the comparable contracts. It, it, he's, he's an oiler. That's what Darnell Nurse is. And I know that for, for some of you, that's for better. And for some of you, that's for worse. But ultimately, if they're going to win a Stanley Cup in this window, Nurse is going to be one of the people raising it. Today's top story brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with uh, no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. Top story today, we're going to call it the news out of Calgary. Andrew Mangiapane signing the, the uh, three-year deal, $5.8 million per season. That's how we ended up on this contract talk. Is that one that you think that coming off of a career year that Manjapani could live up to for the next three and how much of his success was buoyed by the surrounding cast in Calgary that's, that's not necessarily there anymore let's find out what David Staples thinks he's our headliner today uh, headliner brought to you by Wilhawk beef jerky might just be the best you've ever tasted search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today David Staples from the Edmonton Journal and the Call to Hockey how's it going today David? 
Fantastic. Brendan, how are you doing? Excellent, thank you. Although we've I've I've riled the text line up again. I was reading some call to hockey stuff this morning and it got me thinking about the Edmonton back end and you heard me say there that Majapani's contract had me thinking a little bit about, you know, just how things are valued around the league. Now maybe we'll start in Calgary and we'll work our way back to the Oilers defense. Overall, it seems like obviously a move that they had to get done to keep one of their core players down there in, in Flames colors. What did you make of the, the price tag for Manjapani? That's kind of the going rate uh, for that kind of winger, is it not? I mean, he's an RFA. Drake Batherson signed that pretty big deal in the... Um, who was the young winger in Philadelphia signed a, a, a deal like in the five million dollar range? Mangiapane is more than that; it's five point eight. But um, a scoring winger uh, suddenly elevated on your team with the loss of uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Kachuk. He's going to be a top line winger, probably uh, or close to that. So um, it's still going great. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you'd think they might have w- wanted to lock him up a little bit longer than that. Uh, but then you're taking the risk that that uh, he doesn't live up to the contract that he's been, you know, that he had a, a super year, you know, and and isn't capable of uh, doing that. So it's a it's a it's a decent deal for the Flames. I mean, that that team has rebounded okay, uh, bringing in Huberdo and um, uh, who's, what's the defenseman's name? Mackenzie Weger. Mackenzie Weger, and uh, I don't watch the Florida Panthers that much. Uh, but, you know, the thing that I wonder with the Flames, even though Uyghur and, and um, Huberto are very good players, how often does a team, I was trying to think of examples of a team that has such a massive change right at the top of the team. The top two players leave and the replaced by two other players who might be their, their best players. And um, how often does that work out for a team? And I was looking for examples. I couldn't, it's, it's hard to think of examples of NHL teams that, that have that happen to. I, you know, someone pointed out a trade way back Back when, when uh, Boston moved Phil Esposito and was it Brad Park? And it was a trade between the Rangers and the Bruins way back when. And Rattel, Park and Rattel went from the Rangers and Esposito and I think Carol Vadney went to uh, to the uh, excuse me, Esposito and Vadney went to the Rangers and Park and Rattel went to the Bruins and the Bruins picked. They just kept on going. You know, they traded Phil Esposito and their best player in Vadney. So. Maybe it'll be okay for Calgary, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not. I think that team's going to have some struggles getting some chemistry and getting things figured out. I don't. That was a huge blow to the Calgary Flames franchise, yeah. and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Part of me is happy about that, but I'm going to miss. Uh, you know, the rivalry with Kachuk was fantastic. Yeah, it was, and it's it's kind of a shame because when I think of, you know, you you're talking about wanting to have guys in a room that are sort of the culture of the franchise, right? Whatever that means to each individual franchise, there's there's certain players in a dressing room that make that up. And to me, like Matthew Kachuk would be the lightning rod and, and sort of the cornerstone in, in that way for for Calgary. So now you, you while bringing in the last year's assist leader, 85, he was six clear of Connor McDavid was, was Huberto with his league leading 85 assists. And yet I'm just not so sure that this is the kind of player who can immediately be inserted in a lineup and duplicate what they had going before. I, I just don't know if you can take a player out of the Florida Panthers system, a lifelong Florida Panther, and plunk him into the middle of this rivalry and say, here you go, figure it out. I, I don't know that there's a direct translation. 
I don't think there is because I mean, I mean, it reminds me of when the Oilers traded Mark Messier. They got, I think, Bernie Nichols back, was it not, from the Rangers? So, so a great scorer, a great goal scorer, and Huberto was a great scorer. But Kachuk is a physical player, a tough player. He just brings so much more. He scores and he also agitates. It's a huge annoyance. And, you know, Messier was that kind of physical force, that kind of presence. Losing that kind of player is just a massive blow to a, a team. I'm glad, for that reason, I'm glad the Oilers were able to keep uh, Evander Kane. And because um, that would have been, you know, we were kind of all bracing ourselves for him leaving town. If he had done so, that would have been, you know, if we were honest, a huge loss for the Edmonton Oilers. Huge uh, loss in physical play and in swagger for the team, which makes a difference for hockey teams in the playoffs especially. The Flames are losing that. And, um, I mean, Evander Kane outswaggered Matthew Kachuk in the playoffs, which is saying something. He brought more of a physical presence. And the orders that was a big reason the orders beat the Flames. So, good luck in Calgary. They're going to need it. Chatting with our, uh, our headliner today, David Staples, political affairs columnist and uh, cult of hockey writer for the Edmonton Journal. And on the cult of hockey, David, you have been taking a, a deeper dive, it looks like, in, in recent days into the Oilers' defense corps, who, even if it doesn't look a whole lot different, maybe deployed quite a bit differently than it was last year. Obviously, it's time for, for as much opportunity for Evan Bouchard as, as he's willing to absorb. And um, other than that, it just looks like you're expecting some stability in the pieces that didn't kind of move. Is that fair to say? I mean, the big surprise for everyone was Duncan Keith retiring. Even when that rumor came out, people like uh, Bob Stoffer and Mark Spector, who were kind of team insiders, were saying, you know, they were thinking it was like 85, 15, that they thought Keith would stick around. So it, it changed everything, him, him leaving. And uh, suddenly, you know, I think that they were seriously thinking of moving out Tyson Berry because, you know, for salary cap reasons, he's a good hockey player. But the, the day Keith retires, suddenly you, you've lost a veteran puck mover. Do you really want to move out another right now in, in Tyson Berry, who played exceptional hockey in the playoffs, the best two-way hockey of his career? So I think that, you know, I don't expect Barry to be moved out. I think he's going to stick around. And, you know, the other open slot, then Kulak has to move up into uh, Duncan Keith's spot. I think Kulak's going to do that. I think he's going to be successful. He's entering the prime years of his career when defensemen, you know, the ages of about 28 to 32, when they play their best hockey in the NHL. They've finally figured out all the reads. So I think Kulak can be expected to fill in well for, for Keith and do at least as well as Duncan Keith did last year. Then the only there's the only other spots are the six and seven holes. And Philip Broberg is looks like he's ready for the NHL. And there's excellent competition for that seventh spot between Dmitry Samarukov, uh, Vincent DeHarnay, and Marcus Niemelainen. So um, I, I like how they look right now. The problem for the Oilers is, of course, they've got to move out of contract. They've got they're, they've they're going to be paying too much. They're going to be over the cap. So um, if they can keep this defense group together, I'm good with it. I don't think they need to bring in another player. I mean, I'm not against if they bring in another veteran, but I don't think they need to. I think they have a good mix right now. And um, uh, the key is moving out someone else then to meet the cap concern. Now, I was saying earlier, David, that I think with Kulak there and if Broberg can step up and prove that he's capable of, you know, 10 or 12 minutes a night, how much of the burden does that take off of Darnell Nurse's monstrous time on ice total? 
Well, Darnell Nurse has been carrying the load of being a top-pairing defenseman against top competition for a few years now. And um, you look at his you know, his time on ice stats and every situation, shorthanded, even strength, overtime, power play. You know, the, the Oilers coaches have put a tremendous amount of trust in Darnell Nurse. He's had excellent, uh, he's had good point scoring numbers um, in that time at even strength. He's been a, a decent even strength uh, point scorer. Um, he's, his stats are those of a top, a number one defenseman in the NHL, like top 10 in the top 10. Um, so I think, you know, they have a real treasure in that. Because if you have that guy who can handle top pairing minutes, and he and CC I think, have shown that they can, everything else gets easier for everybody else. Kulak um, is, I think, going to be able to step into the number two role. And and um, we'll see how Philip Broberg does, because he is a he is a big guy who is super agile. And what we saw from the Colorado Avs is to beat the Avs, they have a fantastically skilled defense core. Their top three uh, puck movers were in the top uh, five for even strength scoring for NHL Demon, McCarr, uh, Taves, and Byram. The Oilers don't have anyone. The only guy close to that is uh, Evan Bouchard, who was in the top 20. So the Oilers need all the puck moving they can get, but I think this, this is actually a pretty good puck moving group. Every single one of these players can move the puck well. And in games when they need a big physical guy, they've got either DeHarnay or Nimalainen who they can pop into the lineup, or Samarukov. All three are really tough guys, big guys. So it's, it's not a bad group. It's a good group. And Philip Broberry, he, he, that's how they say it in Sweden, he can – he um, this, we'll see how far he can develop. Can he be a top four D-man? I think he's trending that way. What I really like about him is his agility, especially on defense. He could be kind of a smothering defensive player um, who shuts down uh, the top attackers on teams like the Avalanche in years to come, and that's Edmonton's going to need that player. Nurse can do it, but if Broberg can also do that in a top four role eventually, the orders are set for years to come. And I think that, David, to me, he's another example, and there's a couple of them in recent years, of developing a, an internal player the right way. They made him the, the what, ninth, eighth or ninth overall pick a few years ago, and at a time when there was some higher-end offensive talent on the draft board, and they said, look, this is a player who we know is going to be a piece of a championship team down the road, and they've gone about developing him, and amongst some injuries along the way, uh, to where now that the Stanley Cup window appears to be open, it looks like he's ready to step right in and, and continue learning even at this next level. This has been the whole key of having uh, players like Nurse, Cody Cece and Barry. You know, Cece and Barry were brought in on as uh, unrestricted free agents, and, and it was absolutely critical, especially the development of Evan Bouchard. He didn't. He wasn't like Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz, when he came in, had to be the top pairing right shot D man, and he got eaten alive on defense. He lost his confidence, and the fans turned against him and ran him out of town. That has never happened with Bouchard. He didn't have to play the toughest minutes. You know, when he as soon as he arrived, he had a transition season, and then even last season, he worked his way up into the second pairing, and. Um, He's, he's handling those minutes without ha- having to face the toughest competition, which now Cody Ceci faces. So 
So it's just crucial for teams if they can do this with their young defensemen and not throw them to the wolves. So the Oilers have been the beneficiary of that. And, you know, if Darnell Nurse stays healthy, Cody Cece stays healthy, they're going to be set for, for some time in that regard. And if Bouchard and Broberry come on, the Oilers will have one of the best defenses in the NHL. I mean, they have that potential. It depends on how far those two young players can take their games. Chatting with David Staples right now from the Cult of Hockey, the Edmonton Journal as well. Um, the Yesapoli-Arvey deal, I'm sure you've broken it down, maybe even on this show while I was away, but just for the sake of continuing this contract conversation, one year, $3 million sounds like it's probably a lot easier to trade than some of the other deals. Uh, what do you think of, of what Ken Holland was able to get done there and, and what Poliarvi's future is, if any, on this team? It's a good deal to keep him. It's probably a good deal to trade him. I think he's good value at that. And I think other teams um, who engage in the same kind of analytics, you know, looking at the shot shares analytics, which some people ought to put a lot of weight in, um, if they if they also value that, um, will value Yesapoli-Arvey at $3 million. So the Oilers have to, they've got to move someone. And it looks like the candidates are Barry, Poli-Arvey, Kyler Yamamoto, or Warren Fogle. And um, I would hope... You can move Pugliarvi without including any kind of poison pill. Like you don't have to. Like I don't think he has negative value at that amount. Fogel may have negative value at his contract. They might have to include a draft pick to move Warren Fogel if they were to do that. So um, it's going to be extremely frustrating to lose a good player because of cap reasons. But that's that's going to happen in Edmonton, and the return isn't going to be great. If they moved Barry, the return would not be great. Not at this point. There's been so many teams that have picked up good right shot defensemen this year. The market was glutted with that kind of player. So I, I'd be surprised. I'd be actually really happy at this point if the Oilers were able to get a, a decent, even a decent draft pick, even a second-round draft pick for, for a Pugliarvi or a Barry. I don't see it happening at this point. The market has just gone in that direction where cap space is everything. Um, teams are desperate to get under the cap. So when they move one of these players, it's going to hurt. It's not going to be good. But that's the that's the reality. And the Oilers chose Jack Campbell and Evander Kane, bringing those guys back, and Kulak. And they're going to lose a player because of it. One more for David Staples here from the Cult of Hockey. And, and just looking at the third-line center situation as we move closer and closer to training camp, do you believe that this one is is a job for Ryan McLeod to lose? Or do you believe that this one might be penciled in for RNH as the third-line center? Could it simply be open to whichever situation seems better in training camp? I think, you know, we'll we'll spend a lot of time debating this, but I think what we'll see during the season, Brendan, is is what we see every year. A lot of players moving around. We'll see a lot of Nugent Hopkins at center and wing, and a lot of McLeod at center and wing, a lot of Dreisaitl at center and wing. And um, they'll just it'll be in, in a constant state of flux. I think the good news is they've got all these guys who can really play center. You know, this is such a key position for years. The Oilers had no, you know, in the pre-McDavid era, for years the Oilers just really struggled, had no one who could, you know, consistently get the job done in any of these roles. And now they've got, you know, right down the middle. Is there better center depth when you're going McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and McLeod as your four centers if you do that? Um, then you move one of them to the wing and maybe 
someone else, Shore, Ryan play center, you still have excellent centers. So it's an area of huge strength. And the development of Ryan McLeod has been uh, gratifying for Oilers fans. Um, he looks like he can, he's going to get the job done. He's so big and fast, and uh, he seems to be developing uh, the defensive game. Nugent Hopkins also played his best defensive hockey of his career as a center when he was moved back to center this um, this season by uh, Jay Woodcroft. So that was a move that really paid off, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of Nugent center because he really did get the job done in a significant way in his own end, and that's, and that's invaluable. Thanks for a lot for the time today, David. We'll chat next week. Thanks, Brendan. David Staples from The Cult of Hockey. You can find their work at The Cult of Hockey or David's personal stuff at D Staples. Tell you what, we got to go to a break, but I do want to mix in a quick call here. I've had uh, Professor Walt hanging on the line for about 15 minutes. Professor Walt, thanks for hanging in. What's on your mind today? Hey, just wanted to send a shout-out to uh, Vin Scully for all the years. I know I have a cold, but I'm, I'm going to do a couple of impressions for you. Please. Uh, it, in 79, uh, it was the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Baltimore Orioles, and he started off with, you know, his silky voice, and he said, Here we go, folks, across the world. It's the bucks, the birds, you can't miss it. Grab the kitties, bring them in. And he gave nicknames that people don't realize today started with Vin Scully. Uh, um, uh, Dave Parker was a big one and he hit two home runs right away and he said doesn't he stand and look like a big mean cobra and that's his nickname today <laughs> the closer was Kent Colby who was six foot and weighed about 90 pounds and, he, and as he's coming into the game uh, Vince Scully said here he comes that long skinny stretch of a nightmare Kent Colby and the backup was Goose Gossage here's the goose Look out, look at them, the audience standing like it's Babe Ruth standing right beside them. Isn't it wonderful, folks? And, of course, everybody always remembers it's two and two, a two out, and deuces are wild. Let's make a day of it at the ballpark, and don't forget to hug your family. So there you go, one for the greatest announcer in history. I love him. I wish I was in L.A. today with the parade for him. And uh, one for you, Ben, from all your fans in Edmonton. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Professor Walt. That is great stuff right there in memory of Vince Scully. We'll talk to our NHL insider, John Shannon, about the passing of the late great voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, yeah, Derek, let's merge the brakes here, perhaps. We'll send it off to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook.